Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often a hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed with timeless ideas you can apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Sophie Presente. In this conversation, I speak to Sophie Presente, the product lead FX Digital, who helped Discovery, Eurosport, and others reach larger TV audiences. We explore intentionality and how to be deliberate when finding work. Sophie quotes Matisse by saying, there are always flowers for those who really want to see them. This epitomizes our conversation that ranges from her jump into freelancing to knowing when to give up. It's Sophie's authenticity that strikes me the most and the way that she understands herself so deeply whilst constantly building products for the world around her. Especially for me, you know, I've I've been living in the UK for 10 years. I've moved back to France, but I still work for a UK agency. Mm -hmm. I think there's people like me out there that have different type of cultures as well that are mixed, Mm -hmm. which also makes things not more complex, but just more rich in a way. Um, And it's important to appreciate that, yeah, people do have context and do have situations that are very personal to their own self. How has being a part of different cultures affected the way that you found your best work? I think it has helped me um, challenge the the status quo in a way. Um, And also to me, it feels like to do your best work, you have to consider different perspectives, right? You shouldn't really be convinced that your own opinion is always the best. Um, And I believe that having lived in many different countries really taught me to be very open to perspectives, you know, having discussions with people from different backgrounds, um, enriching the way you see the world by bringing different opinions and, and people that might not have the same views as you, but listening to them, understanding their point of view, empathize, empathizing with what they might feel and, and think so that it also helps you gain a better understanding of the world and therefore do better work because you can approach a problem from many different angles and be like, oh, well, maybe right now I think this because X or Y, but if I would tackle the pro- the pro- the problem from another angle then i might find a better solution or just an alternative solution that might be equally as good but i think that's really good for me that's one thing that i value in people and also i try to you know foster that skills within me is try to never be too narrow minded um and i think having lived and and still living in, in different cultures help helps with that sort of things. Did you find those same odd experiences in your first product role? I think encompasses many different aspects. Like you have to 
you know, consider the business strategy side of things. You have to um, uh, understand your users. You have to be um, interested in how you create experiences for the, those users and how they are being built from a digital point of view. So you have to have some sort of technical knowledge as well. Um, so when you first step into that world, I think maybe you might have assumption, you know, that it's more linear than it is in reality. I feel like maybe you have that idea of, yeah, I could be a product manager, but when you get into the nitty gritty side of things, um, you discover a world that you would probably never have expected before. I mean, that was my initial feeling when I started. It was like, oh, wow, there is <laughs> so much to learn and to be better at. And it's exciting. It's an excited place to start, really. But yeah. How did you get that first, like, I mean, you're coming from a brand new culture. Like, how do you get your first break into product? And then what made you move on from NICE? So I did the master's um, in kind of like digital technologies. And uh, it was part in Sweden and part in the UK. So I, I finished it in London. And then I thought, well, I'm from a small resort in the Alps, which I will not go back to just yet. I don't want to go back to Paris because that's not a city I really enjoy living in. So London seems the perfect place to find a job. The digital and the, you know, technology industry is booming. So I, I, I will stay there, which I did. Um, and then I was looking around for jobs uh, but I specifically didn't want to commute a long time so I just looked at agencies around me I knew I wanted to be uh, focused on like mobile because at that time I was really interested in apps what you could do with those like just being you know in the fingertips of people that was something that I wanted to explore so that's how I just uh, came across nice offering and and nice agency and and there was a job role um available at the time so kind of like happened organically really i needed a job in that specific field and they were offering this and 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 the culture that nice had at the time and and the people were a really good fit for me so it was a no-brainer and what made you move on the agency grew a lot in a short amount of time so we were nice and then we got acquired by Camarama, which is more of a 360 advertising agency. And then the whole entity got bought by Accenture. So it was a, an amazing transition to be part of and, you know, to see how these kind of like merging and acquisitions are taking part, what it does to the culture and what it does to the work. Like we got to work on bigger and more complex projects, which was amazing, but for me, at some point, I thought, well, it's getting too big for me to enjoy the work and for me to see the impact I have. So then that what really created uh, like a desire to go and explore something else. And since you've done lots of different things, um, you've worked at Swear, Behaviour, like the Bio Leadership Project, like and all of that in the same shorter span of time than you were at nice is that a conscious choice yeah because then i thought okay maybe like bigger agency model doesn't really fit uh, who i am and what i want to get out of work so i just set up my own consultancy and um started picking and choosing the partners i wanted to work with 
and the projects that got me excited the most. So all of the guys you've just mentioned, I've been, you know, people I've reached out to or people I've met uh, during events or I've been introduced to and thought, oh, yeah, there is a synergy there. We could do something, you know. Your offering is interesting. Your purpose is aligned with my values. And I could have something to give you and vice versa. So, yeah, at the time, it felt like a conscious choice and a, and a good choice. How did you pick up the resources and the infrastructure around you to be able to take that jump? I, so many people may want to, but mm. they they might worry that they don't have that the connections that they need or that they haven't got those projects lined up did did you have those projects lined up oh no would have been too easy <laughs> um i just i just went for it and i followed my gut i think uh, it was a bit of a leap of faith but i knew i had something to offer um i knew i could create connections with with good people and i wanted to do a very specific type of work around obviously product strategy workshopping working with projects that have like a positive impact on the world. So um, then I really just narrowed my search and and became very intentional in finding those people that could align with me. But in terms of resources, it was a lot of, you know, events, attendance, um, putting myself out there uh so that I could grow my network, sending messages to people, reaching out on LinkedIn to try to create new connections, reigniting old friendships or old, you know, uh, work kind of relationships as well. Um, and discussing with people that might have gone through that leap of faith earlier so that I could find people that I could relate to and maybe bounce ideas with and, and discuss about the fear or the fears that I was facing and the challenges that I was facing just to understand, oh, are they only, you know, related to me and my situation or is it more something that every freelancer and every business owner is facing, which also made things not easier, but at least made things, um, you know, more easy from a mental point of view. It's like, oh, suddenly you, you're not alone in that struggle if that makes sense you said that you have been intentional in the way that you've gone about finding work and i think that's something that all of us can aspire to be uh how have you developed that intentionality how have you become so intentional in the way that you pursue work it's a tricky one because there's a lot of like uh, criteria that might impact how intentional you are about you know something but let's say now i've been around for 10 years 12 years in the industry let's say and i've worked on many projects i've worked for many organizations with many different type of people and i've kind of like gathered enough information for me to know who do i like to work with best what sort of things i like to do the most and what of what sort of impact do I want to have on people and in general? So then, based on this kind of like value set, I can be 
not judging because judging is is kind of a negative word, but I can be evaluating, you know, if a project or if a if a, if a, if an organization is right for me based on that. Sounds like as you've gone through that experience, there's like this sieve where you let a certain amount of your experience through yeah, and it becomes locked in. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes because of X or Y, Z, the, the reason you can't always be intentional about these kind of things or you can't always pick and choose because, you know, we don't live in an idealistic world. But the more I think, the more I evolve in my career, the more I want to be surrounded by people I really look up to, the more I want to do projects that have a meaning and have a, you know, really useful impact on, on, on people. And the more I want to be aligned with that internal value system. And sometimes it's still like, there are still things that are in contradiction. Um, you know, cognitive dissonance is part of, <laughs> of my life as, as well, but it's a long process to try to align all of these things and, and be intentional, I would say. How have you balanced caring about your own best work with uh, causes that are kind of greater than yourself? Those are, they're sometimes tricky to balance. We're on this pursuit of our own best work, but at the same time, like you said, it has to be a part of a wider picture. How do you pursue your own best work and do good work by others at the same time? I don't think I can pursue my own best work without other people, without my team, without my the leadership team I'm part of, without you know the clients or the partner I work with. So I try to be authentic and true to myself when I show up to work, when I run a meeting, when I you know deliver a workshop. And I try to get people on a journey so that they feel comfortable being their own self as well. Um, and ultimately, we all try our best to do our best. And it creates something good or even great most of the time. When you know that people are trying their best, I think, is for me, you know, one of the base layer of of good work is people are trying it can't always be the best work you do but if you put your whole heart into into the mix try your best to deliver you know uh, the best of your abilities and 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 don't fake it then you you've done a, a, a good part of the job how do you develop that authenticity and that self-awareness of who you are because it's really really tricky when you're having to fit into that wider world to uncover through your experience what the things are that mean the most to you how Mm. have you gone about that uh before i answer can i ask you a question ben when you think when you say you need to fit in the bigger picture you need to fit in the bigger Mm. world do you? Maybe to a certain degree, perhaps. There's mm. a almost like maybe a meeting of two worlds where you have your own passions that are naturally informed by the outside world, but then you also have this thing called yeah. the market where you want to 
you want to fit into it somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some sort of, yeah, Provi- professionalism and, and rigor and then the rest you can be your... Yeah, it's yes. like how do you like, get the two together? <laughs> yeah. It feels like sometimes people try to be something that they might not be or sometimes... You know, you can take inspiration from many different places. You can look up to people. You can have a really inspired, uh, inspiring boss. But to me, at the end of the day, it's important not to try to copy anyone else or, you know, be someone you are not. But it takes time to listen to yourself, to understand what do you care about and why do you care about these things. But also from a value point of view and from a, you know, characteristic trait of your personality, like you are this person. Why do you care uh, about these things so much? Then, then you do some, some work on yourself to understand that. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky question because I agree, like the, the fit, and how you uncover your authenticity is not something that can be ever finished, I don't think. Because as human beings, we always evolved. We adapt to the situations we are being put in. But ultimately, when you do something, if it's not aligned with what you think is right, then you should speak up. And for me, that's how I've kind of like lived my life. And that the way I work is like, Let's all create something that is aligned with what we think is right. But then if at some point in the process you disagree or something doesn't feel right or you think something is not ethical or that you think you might screw up, then you need to say it. You need to find a solution. You should never go down the path of pursuing something that doesn't feel right. Because, you know, I I, I think like maybe it's a... You know, it's intuition. Maybe it's a mix of intuition and experience. But at some point, you know that mm, <laughs> this is not the right path. How do you balance when to know that you're being the most real and authentic version of yourself, whilst also recognizing that that self is changing as you go through this journey? How do you know how far out to go? What like what's growth and what's just doing something that's not? Not me. Mm. Maybe it's the reasons behind why you do these things. You know, sometimes you might do something because it has to be done and that's part of your role. And sometimes you do things because you might think, oh, this is something I'm not really good at and I want to be better at. Or, oh, this is an area where my team identified an opportunity for me to be even more performing. Or you know that you are not good at, you know, public speaking. You might be intentional about putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation so that you become better at this kind of thing. So for me, growth is about maybe exploring new avenues and new unexplored ways, whereas... Other maybe like things that you might have been doing for a long time that are 
acquired, let's say, then they become standard. And it doesn't mean they are not things that are not in alignment with you, but it's more like, oh, that's the routine. And when the routine is too much of a routine and, you know, you don't have innovation or like focus time to think about other more like longer and strategic things, then this is where you might feel like, oh, I'm kind of like stalling. And then you might question, oh, why am I stalling? Like, is it, do I really want to not really explore anything new right now? Why is that? Or do I want to carry on learning? And, and the balance is tricky because maybe like for the moment, I'm still, you know, super curious and hunger for knowledge and, and that's me. But maybe in 20 years, I'll have enough. I don't know, you know, but there's always things to be discovered and, 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 and things that you can, yeah, consume in a way that makes you happy. You have both experiences. You have a lengthy experience that's gone on over a long, prolonged period of time, and then you've got lots of small ones. And it strikes me that you've you must have developed your own framework to know when to quit. Yeah, but interestingly enough, I'm back. You know, working pretty much full time for an agency, and it's been two years. So it's just about fit, right? It's about what you give to these people and they give back to you and the thing you co-create together and at the moment it's still like challenging enjoyable i'm working with passionate people that are super clever and it's like an amazing environment to evolve within but if at some point i feel like yes if things are changing or if suddenly things are not aligned with what I think is best for the company, but ultimately also for me and how I can help the people within the company, then, yeah, I think I'm not the one to stick around for years and be unhappy, you know. I will try to make things work for a long time, you know, change things and and work out what's not going right and, and, and why. But at some point, I'm I'm not gonna gonna kill myself if 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 the the results are not there. I'm happy to acknowledge that yeah, maybe things are changing and that's totally fine. And you go separate ways, but it doesn't mean that these ways you know can't ever be reunited again. Like all my past colleagues that have became friends, and it's a small world. You 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 keep those relationship going because. Most of the time they are, you know, healthy and, and people are, are grown-ups mm. and, and they are good to still to be in touch. Mm. So it's not because you quit that it's the end of the journey. YC say something interesting, which is that you, the, the biggest obstacle, the biggest challenge for anyone starting a company is, is giving up and the thing that they look for in their assessment process are people who are like cockroaches, people who will see through the really dark times. Um, and it it really surprises me that that is the thing that the whole selection process is designed to work around. Is this person going to see it through mm. when everyone else's logical sense will say, 
you should give up now. How do you couple that way of thinking with the kind of feelings, the inner feelings we get where the environment not might not feel quite right and we're not quite getting the most out of the environment that we're in. Mm. If the truth to a successful company is that you see it through even when it's really hard, how do you know the difference between the two? I think the second is about creating something as a team. The first one is about you as an individual and your satisfaction. And the second one is if you've decided that you're up for a challenge, if you've decided that you've got a senior role in an agency, you, your impact is huge. And therefore, the duties that come with that role are also massive, right? But for me, times sometimes are challenging. Sometimes they are smooth and, you know, everything flows. But most of the time, work is about facing difficult situations, right? So if you quit <laughs> as soon as, you know, it gets tough, then I don't think it's a sign that you are able to persevere and, and, and be solution driven because I think through tough time, beautiful things can emerge and important discussions can be had. Uh, collaboration can be increased. There's a lot of like good things that can come out of this. So for me, yeah, resilience and, and perseverance are also important skills and traits of, of leaders because ultimately, like, it's never easy. Uh, you'll always have people problem. You'll always have, you know, money problems. You'll always have growth problems. But it's about finding solutions. Not that you can always find solutions, but it's about finding ways to, to make it true. And that's what also you know, interesting in, in work is how do you make it true and still keep your satisfaction and fulfillment real? Sounds like what you're saying is very similar to one of the quotes that you've used in the past. There are always flowers for those who really want to see them. Yeah, it's, uh, Matisse was quite right. <laughs> that That's one of the quotes I, I think I live my life by is, you know, the, 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 the grass is green where you water it. It's similar. It's, yeah, you need to put the effort so that you see those flowers or you, you keep pushing so that you take more positivity out of some situations that might seem negative, but it's never either black or white. I don't think that's ever, you know, life is not like that. It's like, there is always good things to be taken out of, of that situation, I would say. The grass is always greener where you water it. That makes a lot of sense given that you have been uh, intentional about where you've watered your patches of, of grass. Um, I've loved our conversation, Sophie. Thank you for taking the time out. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been very enjoyable. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work Podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at bennettcord.co. 
You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content, and more at core.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.